Hello and welcome to Higher Vision's online campus. Whether you're tuning in through our app, Facebook, YouTube, or any other digital channel, we are so glad you're here. Get ready to listen to a message from Pastor J.L. Lyko here at our Valencia campus. Enjoy. Mother's Day gift for your mom or maybe for your wife. Women's Conference, hello, registration just opened, only $40. Women's Conference is going to be incredible this year. I'm excited. I will be there for sure, Trey. I will be there. I'd like to welcome our online campus. It's now time for our geography lesson. You ready? We're welcoming you from Los Angeles, Michigan, Missouri, Colorado, Cancun, ooh, uh, Lake Isabella, I know I'm like, I can't see. Texas, yeah, and San Francisco, welcome. We are so glad you're here today. Church, if you'll stand your feet, I want to read a verse of scripture. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 31, verse 25. It's on the screen, so if you'll please read it with me. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here with us right now, Lord. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. Speak through me and speak to me. And speak to all of us, Lord. You are here right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can go ahead and have a seat. Thank you so much. Let's talk about fear. Yeah, you're like, ugh. My friend on the front, she's like, ooh, really? Yes. Okay, so I looked up some childhood fears. Um, fear of the dark. Who was afraid of the dark as a kid? You're like, still now. Uh, afraid of the dark, monsters, the weather, bad dreams, strangers, toilets and bathrooms. It's a thing. Um, doctors, dentists, separation from parents, especially like when you're dropping your kid off for school or at church. And they're like, are you coming back? Like the fear in their eyes, right? Uh, being alone or left behind. Speaking of left behind. Um, sometimes in life, the Lord gives you opportunity where you can um, help someone along in their fear. And I was that person for my brother. So uh, who has seen the movie A Thief in the Night? Yeah, we go old school today. Okay, A Thief in the Night. So we watched A Thief in the Night. It's about the end times. Jesus is coming soon and he is coming soon. So we need to be ready. Amen? Amen. So we watched that on a Friday night. Saturday morning rolls around. My parents, they're off buying groceries, so it's my brother and I. We're home. I got up before my brother, so I felt that it was my sisterly duty to help my brother with the fear of being alone. So I went to my parents' room, and I got their pajamas out, and I laid it out on their bed and put the covers over as if the Lord had caught them up in the middle of the night, right? And so then, of course, if my parents are gone, yo, I'd be gone too. So I went to my bedroom. Got out my pajamas, laid them out, put my bunny and my, not a real bunny, okay, stuffed animal, and my little bear, put my covers on. I'm like, that's right, that's right. And then I hid and I waited. And I'm like, come on, brother, I need a laugh this morning. So I waited and then he woke up out of his room. Hello? 
to my parents' room. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. So then he goes to my room because he knows. See? So he goes to my room. Oh, no. Oh, jail's gone, too. Oh, I, oh I've been left behind. Oh, I see. oh, no. Like the fear in his voice and me, I'm like, oh, this is great. So I waited till he was far enough away so I could jump out, scream, you know, like scare him and then run back and time lock the door so he doesn't get me. And so, true story, ask my mom. So anyway, here's what happens. Brother gets far enough away. So I go, yeah, and he goes, ah, and I go, ah, ha, ha, ha. So I run to my room, lock the door, close it, and he goes, let me in. I'm like, never. So I helped my brother with the fear of not alone. That's what I did. You know, see, my childhood fear, yes, afraid of the dark, okay, normal ones, you know, afraid of sharks in the pool, or maybe that's just me who was afraid of sharks in the pool, right? Jaws, I know, right? Messed me up too. So Jaws, right, you know, sharks. But my childhood fear was that I would be the second Mary. It's okay, I know, you're all getting it slowly. Yeah, see, I knew how Jesus came the first time, um, and it just kind of added up to me. Because Mary was young, I was young. Mary had not yet known a man, you know, known a man like Adam knew Eve, Genesis, right? I had not yet known a man. Mary lived her life devoted to the Lord. I lived my life devoted to the Lord. I, Jesus is coming soon. Everybody's talking about it. So I figured I'm the chosen one or the second chosen one. And I was terrified. Like, for real, you guys, I was so terrified. My mom didn't even know about this till a few years ago. And she was like, hi, Mihai, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, ma, I was frightened, okay? So I was scared. I'm good. I'm kind of okay now. But I have to admit, there's still a little bit of that childhood fear in me where I'm like, what if? Nah, I know. I read my Bible. I know how it happens now. But, you know, I am not yet married, but you all can pray with me about that. Mm, Jesus, right? Hallelujah. Um, yeah. I am a spiritual mom, but not yet, you know, biological mom. So we're waiting on that one. Ring first, then kid. That's how I roll. Um, anyway, glory, that's right. You, you save it till you're married. You hear it from me. Okay. Anyway, so maybe you're in a season of waiting. You all know I am. You know, maybe you're waiting with your job or at school or a decision you need to make. And this reminds me of a mom in the Bible who is waiting too. Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you want to go ahead and turn with me. 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 1 or click over in your Bible. Um, it will also be available for you on the screen. It says, there was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zephon, the hill country of Ephraim. And then lots of genealogy. Verse 2. Elkanah had two wives. All right, here's the thing. I am not promoting two wives, okay? Let's just get that clear. One man, one woman, okay? One husband, one wife. We all in agreement? Yeah. Amen. Let's move on. Their names were Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. So every year they went to church. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. So this is how they did this. We bring our tithes and offerings. That's how we bring our sacrifice, okay? Back in those days, they brought animal sacrifice, so they brought meat. So they brought meat. We bring money. They both start with M-A-M-A. Verse 5. 
And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why are you downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? So, I know some of you laugh. You're like, yo, he does not get it. No, he doesn't. It's okay. It's sweet, man. Okay. There are two fears that I notice in this passage. First one is the fear of not enough. And see, this fear of not enough is both an external thing, but it's also an internal thing. So we're going to look at the external first. Penina has lots of kids. Hannah has none, right? So it's like, final score, Penina, lots and lots of children. Hannah, zero. That's got to hurt, right? You know, children are a blessing from the Lord. So I want to take this moment and just say, Mom, you're welcome. <laughs> I am a blessing from the Lord in your life. I got you. Yes. But for real, my mom is a blessing in my life. I mean, if it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't be here. So there you go. But children are a blessing from the Lord, and especially in these times, the more children you had, the greater the blessing you had. So where's my mom over here? Mm, that's right, you got lots of blessings. And the greater the blessing you were. So according to these times, you are the most blessed woman in this whole place. Congratulations. Let's give it up for this mom. Yes, 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 yes. Children carry on family legacy. They also take care of their parents when they're older. Now, maybe you're older and you're like, will you please preach this to my child because they are not doing their biblical duty. Keep praying. Just keep praying for your children. And I'll keep praying that they wake up too. So we talked about external. Now, let's look at that internal. Okay, external, Hannah doesn't have any children. Internal, what's wrong with me? And she may be asking herself that question, what's wrong with me? And maybe you're asking yourself that question. Oh, I didn't get that promotion. What's wrong with me? Oh, oh, I didn't get that, that, that car. What's wrong with me? Oh, I wasn't able to fill in the blank. What's wrong with me? Hannah could have felt like a failure to her husband. Does he even want me? Failure to her family. Can I even contribute to this family? Failure to her community. Will I become a burden to my community? Hannah is looking so far into the future that her future self is a failure. Or even see herself as a failure to herself. What is my purpose? Am I enough? Have you felt like a failure? Mom, have you felt like a failure? You see, oh, mom's the bomb. Yeah, not this mom. There's no bomb about it, you know. Dad, have you felt like a failure? Son, daughter, have you felt like a failure? You know, we talked about the sacrifice and how Penina had more, right, because she had children. Hannah didn't have very many. Or actually, she didn't have any at all. So there you go. Um, the comparison game took place. And Hannah had the opportunity to have Jan Brady syndrome, you know. Marsha, 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 Penina, 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 right? Penina gets all of this to sacrifice, and I don't, because she has lots of children, and I don't. Or how did they get that job, and I didn't? Or how did they get into that college, and I didn't? Or better yet, how in the world did she get him? I don't know. I ask myself that question often. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's okay. We're good. God's on the throne. <laughs> do what you got to do, right? 
Theodore Roosevelt said this. It is so good. Comparison is the thief to joy. Right? I'm going to say that again because it's so good. Yeah. Just right, Zoe. Amen. Comparison is the thief to joy. If you want the joy sucked out of your life, start comparing yourself. Just start doing it. Start doing it. Start comparing yourself with other people and soon you'll find yourself discouraged, depressed, envious, full of fear. Because that's what comparison does. Comparison breeds fear. Comparison breeds depression. Comparison breeds discouragement. Comparison breeds envy. Penina taunted Hannah. Year after year, same story, same making fun of her. Because, you know, we might think, oh, yeah, well, she just made fun of her, you know, once a year when she saw her. Nah, remember the two-wife thing, uh, right? She lived with this lady, like, same tent complex, right? So every single waking moment, she is reminded that she's not enough. Every moment. Every moment. And here's the thing. The smack talk was real up in that house. I'm telling you. Could you imagine? It's Elkanah's birthday. They're having a big feast. And Penina says, hey, Hannah, how many seats at the table do you and your children need? Oh, wait. <laughs> you don't have any children. Okay. Hannah, party of one. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, right? Penina is a little punk. Pray for me about that, too. <laughs> Whew, I don't know how Hannah did it. Maybe you have that person in your life. Do you have that one person who picks you apart? That one person who's like, you've been at this, this job for how long? And you still haven't gotten a raise? Hmm, okay. I've been on here for three months. I make more money than you. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, those people who take every single little thing you do and pick you apart? Or maybe you are that person to someone else. Oh, snap. Yeah, I did. I said that. I'm going to let the Holy Spirit deal with you on that. He's, he, it's his job right now. Or maybe you're that person to yourself. Do you let the fear of not enough stop you from doing what God has called you to do? Do you look in the mirror, mom, and do you say, oh, mm, girl, it's as good as it's going to get today. Oh, and you pray the invisibility prayer, right? Oh, Lord Jesus, let nobody see me today. Let nobody look at my thighs, right? Who's prayed that? I have. Right? Yes, I know. It's a real thing, you guys. But here's the thing. Moms especially, what you say about yourself in fear will be transferred to your daughter. Yeah, I went there. So we need to be really wise with what we say, but remember that your fear of something doesn't necessarily come out of your mouth, but it can also come out of your actions. And that fear is transferred. It happened right here with Hannah. It happened with Elkanah. Let's take a look at verse 8. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted? Just because you have no children, you have me. Did you get that? You have me. Hannah, you have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? You have me, Hannah. See, Hannah's fear of not enough was transferred to her husband. And now he's having feelings of inadequacy, feeling that, am I enough for you? Because, Hannah, you're feeling like you're not enough. And so am I enough for you? Fear can be transferred. What is your not enough fear? Maybe your not enough fear is, I'm not qualified enough to serve in the house of God. 
well, I have an opportunity for you this summer called BBS. <laughs> hey, right? I, but, Jay, I'm afraid of kids. Yo, they're afraid of you too. It's okay. I'm going to healing amongst the masses. I had the opportunity of hearing an amazing testimony from a mom. A few weeks ago, a Thursday morning prayer, if you have an opportunity, 6 a.m. Thursdays in the cafe, we pray. And this mom was telling me, you know, JL, if it wasn't for VBS, I wouldn't be saved. I'm like, what? Tell me more. She said, yeah. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And so my friend invited me to VBS, and I went with her. My parents let me go, and it's because of that. I knew who Jesus was. I got a foundation with who Jesus is. And I met Jesus. And now, and now my husband and my two children and I, we are serving the Lord together. And actually this mom, she's getting started serving in children's ministry. How awesome is our God, right? But I can't help but be thankful and praise God for that friend who invited her to VBS. And then I can't help but be thankful for that church who opened their doors for just that one week to say, you know what, we're going to invest in the lives of these children and we're going to see them know who Jesus is. And then I can't help but be thankful for all of those people who put their not enough fears aside, the fear of, oh, I don't know if I have enough time. I don't know if I have enough resources. I don't know if I'm godly enough. I don't know if kids will like me enough. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And they took all those not enough fears and said, uh-uh, I'm going to serve and make a difference in the life of a kid so that the impact will happen for generations to come. <laughs> Hallelujah. And you too can make an impact in a child's life. Register online today, higherVision.church slash VBS. There you go. But for real, you never know what impact you can make in the life of a kid that will go beyond into the generations. You know, my not enough fear is right here preaching this weekend. Pastor Jared asked me, he said, Jill, hey, can you preach for Mother's Day? And I said, sure. And then I was like, oh, okay, Jesus, right? And it was a struggle. It was a battle where, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm preaching to you today, but I'm preaching to myself too. That not enough fear, so real, so real. Where, I mean, it was like yesterday morning, today, before the service, I'm like, God, can I really do this? He's like, yes, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, you can do this. And I'm like, okay, all right, Lord, all right, Lord. So the fear of, will, of, of not enough, and then there's the fear of will it ever happen for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, verse 7, year after year it was the same. Year after year it was the same, the same. Penina. One child, Hannah, zero. Penina, three children, Hannah, zero. Penina, five children, Hannah, zero. Penina, a bunch of children, Hannah, zero. Year after year, it was the same, same thing. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Has your heart ever been sick? Have you had hope deferred? I mean, I've prayed that to the Lord. Lord, my hope is deferred. My heart is sick. Donde esta el tree of life? Like, right? Like, where is the tree of life, Lord? Come on. You know, <laughs> I know that was good. Uh, I like that too. I'm going to use that next service. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. And then we start believing all of these lies. And we start saying them in a way that they almost become truth. Like, it will never happen for me. Oh, it'll happen for them but it won't happen for me. 
I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not wise enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not enough. We start believing those lies, but who is the author of those lies? The devil, the enemy. There's a song by Zach Williams. It's called Fear is a Liar. Yes. And it says in that, when he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, you'll never be enough. Fear he is a liar. Oh, he will take your breath and stop you in your steps. Fear he is a liar. He will rob your rest and steal your happiness. So cast your fear in the fire because fear he is a liar. Mm. Yes, fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. You know, we have a choice to make. We can either choose to flee or to fight. You know, Queen Elsa of Arendelle, she chose to flee. Um, if you don't know who she is, she's from the movie Frozen. There you go. Had, had to go there. You all know me. Come on. And so when Elsa and Anna were playing when they were little tykes, you know, Elsa has these magical powers. She can be like, whoosh, snow, whoosh, ice, right? So one time she was like, whoosh, ah, hit sister in the head. So now little Anna's frozen. So mama and papa did what any parent would do and take her to the trolls. So they took her to grandpappy troll, and this is what he said. So good. He's talking about her gift, and he says, there is beauty in it, but also great danger. You must learn to control it. Fear will be your enemy. What? Fear will be your enemy. What you hold will hold you. See, she held on to fear, and it ended up controlling her. She was so frozen in fear. See what I did there? Yeah. She was so frozen in fear, she ended up freezing everything around her. Now, I'm glad that Hannah chose to fight. We're going to see what Hannah did. Verse 9, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Before she went to people, she went to pray. Amen. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire life, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her, seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. No, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. And the cool story is that Hannah actually did have a child. His name was Samuel, and Samuel was an amazing prophet of the Lord. He actually 
crowned David the king, and then through that lineage came who? Jesus. What? Yes. See, Hannah understood a New Testament principle in the Old Testament. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12 says, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the stark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. See, Hannah knew that this battle was not a physical battle. Oh, yeah, she could have beat up on Penina and be like, hold my ears on, get this girl, what, right? No, she didn't go hood on her. Instead, she went to the Lord. She went to the Lord. And maybe you are the only person who is going to fight for your family. Maybe you are the only one who's going to fight for your son. Maybe you're the only one who's fighting for your daughter. Maybe you're the only one who's fighting for your mom. Maybe you're the only one who's fighting for your dad in prayer. Prayer. We need to use our fighting words. I love this song by Ellie Holcomb. She says, fear is like a broken record. Same old songs of accusation play. Mm -hmm. Like, who are you to speak the truth? Just look at all your failures and mistakes. Oh, and if they really knew you, mm, there's no way they would love you anyway. But I will fight the lies with the truth. I will keep my eyes fixed on you. I will speak the truth into the dark. I will use my fighting words. It is time for us to fight the lies with the truth. Get into the word of God. This is how you fight. This is how you fight. This is what my mom taught me. This is how we fight. Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So this is how we take the scripture and we fight with it. We say, Lord, I will not be afraid or discouraged because, Lord, you will personally go ahead of me. You will be with me. You will neither fail me. You will not abandon me. You see, that childhood fear of being alone no longer has to be an adult fear that you still carry. That childhood fear of separation no longer has to be an adult fear that you still carry. Joshua 1, 9, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That word afraid, that word afraid means to terrify, break, shake terribly, or cause to tremble. That fear of the dark no longer has to be a fear you still carry. I'm not afraid of the dark. Are you afraid of the darkness of this world? Do your actions show that you're afraid of the darkness of this world? Well, according to, to this, the Lord says, do not tremble. Why? Because Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. Jesus, Jesus, you silence fear. Jesus is the only one who makes the darkness tremble. You don't need to tremble. The darkness will tremble. You don't need to fear because Jesus silences fear. Proverbs 31, 25, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh. Ha, ha. Ha! Without fear of the future. This is for all of us. This is for all of us. Yes. We are clothed with strength and dignity. We are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And we can laugh without fear of the future. Why? Because of Jesus. 1 John 4, 18. Perfect love expels all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love drives out all fear. Dare I even say perfect love calls all fear a liar. Because that's what it is. Fear is a liar. That perfect love I'm talking about is the perfect love of Jesus. 
Jesus. You know what Jesus did? Jesus knew that that sin separates us from God. Sin, all the bad stuff we do, right? The stuff that God's like, yo, not cool with that one. So God is perfect. Can't be around anything that's imperfect. So God's over here. We're over there. And it says in the word of God that the punishment for sin is death. And Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to step into this story and I'm going to bridge that gap. And I will become your punishment for you. I will become your punishment for you. I will become your punishment for you. This is what Jesus did for us. And when Jesus died on the cross, he took away all of that sin. He said, I will be that punishment for you. That is perfect love. That is perfect love. But he didn't stay dead, did he? No, we serve a risen Savior. Hallelujah. So I want to give you this opportunity today.